Chapter 8 Pax Nomus Her hands trembled as she affixed her kiat into place with a sharp clink. The dual blade of the short bayonet extended nearly five inches off the end of her flintlock. Neither polished nor rusted, neither clean nor sullied. Revian pushed a finger to his lips as the dwarf, mute, as she had decided to call him, slunk from the grate and into the storehouse. It was nearly time to meet with Franz, so they had to be ready. She had already wrapped sheaths of navy cloth around her body in the traditional way the women did for Pax Nomus. It was woolen so that the itch would remind her of her ancestors' sins, and hung loosely to just below her knees, a reverent expression, so it was said. Ava pursed her lips and shook the doubts away. If it is required, I will drive this kiat into the hearts of our enemies. They are evil, she thought, in an effort to steal her mind. They aren't capable of human emotion, of truth and feeling. And yet still, she could not stop trembling. Ava thought back, calling on secret lessons given under the cover of night, beside a dying hearth, when Ava's mother had long since gone to sleep. There, Dirk Orl's words were a warm comfort. They are human, but of the worst kind being stripped of that which makes them free. To kill them is worse than slaying a beast, but is far less than killing one who is awake. For the automatons who choose the dark, death is a gentle release. So why doesn't it feel that way? Ava wondered, watching Mute creep behind the two festival workers, Garot one, pulling his corpse into the shadows and then stalking after the other. The man, a young, brown-eyed Hasbian man, turned from the laborious task of hauling overstuffed crates, his attention caught by the dying rattles of his compere. He would have yelped, but Mute clicked his gun and made it clear that a fuss would not be tolerated. Unrobe, Vern Bogata grunted, exiting the gate from which they hid, Ava and the others hot on his heels. We just need it as a gift. Yes, of course, double plus good, compere, the man said quivering as he quickly began to pull at the buttons on the front of his white and gray gown. His hands trembled as he tried to undo them, sweat slicking the tips of his fingers and making the task take longer than it needed. Faster, Begata growled. His trigger finger gets itchy if you understand what I mean. Mute flashed a smile and pulled his second pistol free, clicking the hammer back. Please, I am most trying, the man moaned tears in his eyes, as he finally got his third button undone. I have never done this before. Oh, almighty's tears, Sam Revian said. It's not that hard. Stay still, Ava said, rolling her eyes. Stepping forward, she began to help the man as he sniffled and stiffened at the touch of Mute's kiat upon his back. Mute, Ava growled, motioning for the dwarf to back away. Let him breathe. Mute looked confused and disappointed. But he complied and withdrew, only half a step back. Thank you, the man stammered, as Ava finally undid the last button and relieved him of his gown. Don't thank me, Ava glowered. I didn't do this to make it easier on you. I did it because we have a date with an important hero. Wait, a hero? The man said, mistaking her meaning for some trusted or another. 
If it's a hero, I can get you to him. You know the Prime favors me. Look at my necklace. From it hung a plain chain with a diamond-shaped band inlaid with one fat cream-colored pearl. I can get you whatever you want. Just don't tie me up here. Not like this. The man moaned with a shiver. Ava glared at him, sickened by his groveling state. Even a rat could have better endeared itself to her sense of mercy. You're with the shields, he pleaded. I can give you whatever you want. I am trusted. And that's why I hate you, Ava spat. You are not human. You're just a leech looking to survive from one master to the next. The free world will have no place for anyone like you. Time up, mute, Ava said, motioning to the coils of rope hanging from the dwarf's belt. Now, now, Bagata said, crossing his arms and rubbing his chin. This man said he can give us anything we want. I think we should entertain that. After all, it could help the mission. Ava raised an eyebrow, but did not question Vern Bagata, as he forced the man to sit against the crates and loomed over him. What's your name, Compier? Trest Oleg, the man stuttered. Do you know what I want? Trest Oleg. To, um, uh, unprime? Well, that would be nice, Begatus said, shrugging his thick arms. But that's not it. I want my family gifted back to me. If they are living in the bellows, then I can take you to them, Trest Oleg said, sitting up excitedly. But Begatus just sighed. No, Trest Oleg. No, you can't. You see, one just like yourself, one of the trusted actually lied about my family for their own gain and had them executed for something they didn't do. So unless you can un-un-trest, I think I'm out of luck. Trest Oleg's eyes fell and he slumped at the shoulders. I thought so, Begata whispered. So you will have to help me in a different way. Trest Oleg looked up hopefully, just in time to catch Bagata's jackboot in the face. Vern Bagata wailed upon the man, knocking teeth from his face and cracking ribs. The trusted crumpled under the onslaught of Bagata's pummeling blows, hacking and wheezing until Ava and Sam Revian pulled him off the man. Even then, it was a battle to keep Bagata away. Stop! Ava cried. Stop! You have to stop! We need him to send a message. How can he do that if you kill him? Wild-eyed, Fern Bagata huffed with exertion and wiped a fleck of the trusted's blood from his face, speaking with a distant voice as if rousing from a deep slumber. Sorry, he said softly. It just felt so good. Retribution felt so good. Ava and the other shared a worried look as their companion exulted in the aspects of the deep. But the moment seemed to pass like the howling wind on a placid meadow as Vern Bagata returned to some sense of composure. Sam Revian sighed and motioned for Mute to help him with the rope. Well, on the bright side, he's not gonna squirm now, Revian said. Or how about on the bright side, he's alive? Ava noted dryly. Trest Oleg moaned pitifully, splayed across the ground, lying in a pool of his own piss and blood. Can't say that's really a bright side, Revian grunted. We'd be better off without them. A purge could do us well, come the day we finally topple the Lord Prime. 
Ava smiled at the thought of the masked ruler's death. Why doesn't that bother me? And yet this does. Sam Revin is right. Perhaps it was because a purge was too close to what they had done. But even her father had said, any method for removing evil was a tool to be considered. They are, after all, neither animals nor humans. Have valor, Dirk Ava. Take heart in this truth. If that isn't proof of the Almighty, I don't know what is, Magata huffed. It was transcendent. I gave myself up to the highest, and he made me his vengeful vessel. Here we go, Revian sighed. If you actually used the lessons from the professor in red, you'd know that the old doctors called that intermittent explosive disorder. I do. Thank you very much, Compere, know-it-all. Besides, can you really call that a disorder? Or maybe it was just a choice. Then that's less good, Sam Revian said with a colorless murmur. Bah! The Almighty made all, including the deep. Thus, retribution is no more than another aspect for man to embody. The difference is, I am not consumed by it. Sam Revian raised an eyebrow and glanced once more at the trusted. I didn't un-him, Vern Bagata shrugged ruefully, as if just noticing the product of his efforts. Here we go again, Ava agreed with Sam Revian. Vern Bagata was a liability, who should probably see a psychologist, even if it was a trusted. But then again, she could fixate on the issue or choose to see the good within him. Besides, it had never backfired in a bad way, yet, and Bagata was always there for her harebrained schemes. Ava kneeled beside the bound man and pulled his pathetic face up toward hers. We're going to let you live, Trest Oleg, but for one purpose, to send a message. There was the sound of a knife being pulled from its sheath as Mute handed her a thin blade. Mute watched her curiously, as if waiting for something to happen when she took it, and furrowing his brow when nothing did. Note to myself, Ava thought uncomfortably. Do not bring him as the muscle ever again. Trest Oleg murkily swayed in and out of consciousness, blinking still from the days of Bagata's wrath. He would offer no resistance, and yet Ava felt the shakes taking her hands again. Be strong, Ava. He is less than... Propping his mouth open, she placed the edge up against the moist flesh of his tongue and cut, ignoring the gagged gurgles of pain. The pink muscle dropped to the ground, and Ava backed away as Sam Revian surged forth and packed the wound with a sprinkle of black powder. Lighting it, a spark flashed in a ball of light, cauterizing the wound and leaving the trusted unconscious upon the floor. Look at you, Dirk Ava, Revian smiled. You are getting those shakes under control. I am, Ava said, fixated on Trest Oleg's lifeless tongue. Sam Revian need not know her shakes were from fear, and not the lie she often told with much chagrin, a family malady of her mother's side. That's good. Proud of you, Revian said, patting her on the back. All right, I get the unsoiled uniform. What? No fair, Bagata complained. Considering that you beat the man and ruined this one, Ava said, refocusing back upon the mission. I think it's only fair. Do you need help with those buttons? Once Bagada and Revian were outfitted in the garb of a trusted, 
They double-checked the plan, signals, and escape routes. Satisfied at last, Ava waved a farewell and slunk from the staging grounds, up into the streets which were becoming increasingly busy with comings and goings of the festival. It was nearing one in the morning, and the coveted release of the Lord Prime's butterflies, a spectacle that drew nearly every eye. Ava did have to admit, as she slipped into the crowd of dyed scarves and tassels, that she herself found the flight of monarchs mesmerizing. But as she rounded into the commons of the clock tower square and saw Krebs's body still hanging from the gallows, she knew it was not a night to be amazed. Frowning, Ava surveyed the scene, taking stock of the prime security and anything else that might catch her eye. Blackcoats surrounded the pavilion and were strategically stationed atop the surrounding buildings. Ava suspected there were more than she could see. Likely some were dispersed and disguised amongst the spectators. Lingering smoke from recent fireworks consumed the pavilion, mingling with the twilight mists that had arisen, as usual, from the depths of the sea. Combined with the night sky, the smoke and mists made the many streetlights look like balls of ghostly illumination, loosely diffusing the commons with their man-made aura. Next to the clock tower was the building with the overly large balcony, held aloft by Renaissance-age pillars. That particular area teemed with the Lord Prime's security. Atop the balcony, two figures, dressed in a strange amber-white material, stood at rigid attention, waiting for their master's arrival. Liege guards. They held long wooden spears, and their faces were hidden behind papier-mâché helms. Ava glanced upward as the clock's big hand moved with a creak. Five till. The buzz in the air was palpable, and the din of the crowd rose as the people spoke amongst themselves excitedly. Ava jumped as a heavy hand clasped her by the shoulder. Get Franz, she said, relaxing with a smile. Not gonna stab me? he asked. Not tonight. I kinda need you. Well, there's always a first. He scratched at tufts of hair that were barely visible beneath his hat. A dull blue headband that served partially as a skull cap for warmth, similar to many of the other men in attendance. Did you have trouble finding me? Ava asked with a coy smile. Honestly, I could smell you from a mile away. What have you been doing? Ava frowned and crossed her arms, careful not to rustle the blue scarf too much, for fear of accidentally revealing her flintlock. There are better ways to greet a lady, you know. Apologies, Franz said with a wry bow. Let me try this again. What's the plan? That's better, she said, pulling him away from the crowd. First, we work our way into the clock tower. You and I will create a distraction. Then they will do the rest, Ava said, nodding to a pair of trusted. Sam Revian and Vern Bagata were setting up more fireworks for the Lord Prime's speech in the staging pit, right beneath Krebs's lifeless feet. Is that? It certainly is. The only thing left to do is for us to get into position. Do you think you can get us up there? Franz looked at the black coats and back at the tower, rubbing his chin thoughtfully. Slowly, he nodded. I think so. But this would have been easier if you had told me yesterday what the plan was. There were too many orphans running about, Ava shrugged. I don't trust them that much. Franz smacked his face and growled into his hand. I thought you paid them off.
I did, Ava said. But I highly doubt I am the only one who does so. And I didn't have a full idea of how to make this happen. Do you now? I mean, I have a rough idea of the big picture and some details, Ava offered awkwardly. Almighty help me, Franz sighed. Thankfully, my family was one of a few compeers brought in to carpet the tower's interior, so I do have a good idea of the layout. See, I knew that, Ava said. That was exactly why I knew you would be perfect for this. Besides, I knew it would make you feel better. You still look sad, by the way. It's not a good look. Franz started to say something, but instead looked away as the thrumming of processional drums kicked off from somewhere nearby. Ratatata. The Lord Prime would soon arrive for his speech. Come on, Franz, Ava said, tugging at his vest. We gotta move and make sure we are in place when the Prime finishes his speech. Franz nodded and followed her through the crowd into the peripheries where they could more easily slip into one of the side alleys. Thankfully, many of them were being ignored as the Blackcoats began to turn their attention toward the Prime's entrance. Slipping into the smoky shadows and away from the quieting crowd, Ava felt her heartbeat rise in excitement as Franz took point, mentioning an old Iridan slave entrance along the tower's southern side. Stay focused, Ava thought. You will feel better after this. I promise, Franz. Connecting around to the southern edge of the tower proved to be of little difficulty as they crossed paths with only a few stragglers, all intent on reaching the commons to hear the Lord Prime's speech. Their luck, however, did not hold. Halt! Who goes there? Ava and Franz exchanged a look. Blackcoats. It was no surprise that there were some patrols about, but inversely, it was also not strange for two citizens to get lost in the winding alleys, especially considering all the mist and smoke. I said, who goes there? The black coat reiterated, stepping ahead of his two companions and raising his bullseye lantern. Instinctively, Ava's fingers twitched for her pistol, but Franz shook his head stepping forward. Peace, compere, Franz said, raising his hands. We just got turned about on our way to hear the Lord Prime speak. The black coat squinted his milky gray eyes and looked between the two of them. It's that way, he motioned with the lantern, the implement creaking at the hinge, exactly the opposite direction they were headed. Nearby, the sounds and flashes of fireworks traced the sky, and thunderous applause echoed as the crowd began to roar, no doubt at the Prime's arrival. Sergeant, one of the two other men said. The Lord Prime is speaking soon. The sergeant curled his lip, pulling his thin mustache into a frown. Are you two together? Well, not exactly, Franz said. We just... Papers, the sergeant said. From behind him, his men groaned but straightened when the stern man snapped his fingers. Now, I don't think that will be... Franz started but trailed off as the man showed his blade. Papers, compere, the man repeated. Of course, Franz said, reaching for his pockets as if looking for them. I have them here somewhere. Ava's eyes narrowed as he began to reach for the silks he kept hidden upon himself. She had to do something. Even if he killed the first man, there were still two more to face. Oh, stop, Ava said rushing forward and grabbing Githfranz's hand. 
There's no point. We can't lie to the law. We just have to tell the truth. I knew it, the sergeant said. You were going to thieve a gift, weren't you? It's less good than usual this year, but no exceptions can be made. You will have to come with us. But as the other two black coats stepped forward grumbling angrily about missing the prime speech, Ava took Githfranz's hands and stepped in front of him. Almighty's breath. They were perfect. A little rough, but just the right shape to hold hers. Please, Compeer. I am to be married soon to a man I don't know. I want to know what it is to be in the arms of the one I admire, she said, looking back at Franz's shocked face meaningfully. We were looking for a place alone, just one night. Please work, please work, she prayed. The black coat furrowed his brow in consideration of her words. The backdrop of joyful shouts and a spray of crackling fireworks catching his attention more than once. The other two officers looked at the sergeant with a pleading look, and after a long silence, he sighed. <sighs> Fine, go. This is Pax Nomis. Do so in peace and enjoy your youth this night. There is a private place behind the pub that way. It isn't much, but I suspect bags of grain are a far sight softer than the ground. His men smiled and nodded, thankful to be relieved of the situation and free to hurry back toward the heart of the festivities. Thank you, Lord, Ava called with relief. But the black coats were already hurrying away. That was close. Come on, we've wasted too much time. We need to hurry if we're going to pull this off. Get Franz? Why are you just standing there? We have to go. Dirk Ava? Did you mean that? He asked, rooted in place his vest a stark canary yellow against a wave of oppressing smoke, a golden night amongst the prime's darkness, an ascendant. Mean what? You know. Of course not, Hava said. Could you imagine if our parents heard what I said? Mother would probably bathe in vodka. Now come on, I simply said what I had to. Of course. You know, I'm sorry. I wish there was some other way. But between us... Under the Almighty's eyes, if we had a choice, I would choose you, Ava. Ava stopped at the tower's door. Thankful her back was to the man as a crescent blush burst across her face, and her heart trembled deep in her bosom. Do you mean that? She asked as Franz took her by the hands and firmly turned her toward him. Leaning in, his lips lightly brushed up against hers, a little cold, but intoxicating enough that when he pulled away it left her lightheaded and hungry for more. Their brief moment of connection was one of eternity. Sparks of joy punctuated Ava's mind and lifted her like a vessel upon a wave. The current of passion pulled her from the fearful trepidation she harbored at the edges of her heart, and Ava now knew the passion of this love, first love. Franz's eyes flashed with a similar intensity, and she knew that, however brief their kiss, he too was struck. What could be more potent than the passions of youth, particularly those freshly discovered? Ava knew none of which she could name. Time almost felt caught in the place where the heat of their breath mingled like pastels blended upon a canvas. In this space, at this moment, little else mattered.
pulling back. Fran studied her face as if she were the most glorious woman in all of creation. Deep eyes stared into her soul, and Ava wondered if they could not run away. But lo, the specter of Dirk Oral stood stark in a forgotten corner of her mind, and she knew such frivolities were not meant for her. Not while he fought for her freedom, for her right to experience this moment as freely as she wished. Standing on the tips of her toes, Ava stole one last peck, and the stiffness in Franz melted away. For now he knew that Dirk Ava was truly and wholly his. I don't know what you're planning, Franz said. But no matter what, I am sorry that this couldn't be. Franz, Ava said, reaching up to cup his face, feeling as if she could pluck the almighty stars down. As long as we keep fighting... We will be victorious one day. Even the Prime makes mistakes. And one day, we will be free to choose this. So don't be sorry. She was loath to lose the fleeting moment, but they still had work to do. Can you open this? She asked. It would be my pleasure, Franz said. Reaching forward, he touched the doorknob and snatched the silk free just before it materialized back to metal. Where do we need to go? The top, Ava smiled impishly. I need you to be able to reach the clock hands. Don't tell me you. Exactly, Ava said. And why are we doing this? Because it will give our trusted compeers enough time to cut Krebs down amongst the chaos and get him to the wharfs for a proper burial. Franz looked at her incredulously as he closed the door behind them, shaking his head and suppressing a wide grin. You mad genius. If this even halfway works, it will be amazing to see what you can come up with with some actual planning. Ava beamed at the compliment, still radiating with the electricity of her first kiss. Right now, she was ascendant, unstoppable. Franz led her through a corridor which broke off into the main entrance of the clock tower and forked along what he said was the maintenance route. From the main entry, the sounds of black coats, and the Almighty knew what else, could be heard. The ghost of their echoes chased them as they hurried to a steep stairwell that switched back and forth up the tower. Pulling out short sashes, Franz motioned for Ava to likewise arm herself. This section of stairs crisscrossed along the eastern end of the tower, overlooking the commons below. It was likely that a black coat might be somewhere ahead, keeping an eye out for any shield of valor's machinations. After pulling large woolen socks over their shoes, sourced from Ava's bag, the two raced up the stairs, chased only by the soft sound of fabric against stone. Franz took point and Ava his flank. The stairway itself was claustrophobic, as nearly all the old slave walkways usually were. But for some reason to Ava, these stairs felt even more so. Three flights up, and the whir of gears and gentle thud of moving mechanics began to reverberate through the bones of the tower. Every so often, they passed a tall, thin window, and in the brief passing, she could see the edge of the balcony where a figure wreathed in blacks stood across the way. She could not make out his words, but the Lord Prime Speaker was gesticulating in a practiced motion, the crowd thrumming with energy, as if puppets to a marionettist. Ava did not need to hear the speaker's words, nor would it matter. 
for it was the figure next to him that stole all of her attention. The Lord Prime's placid, snowy mask contrasted with a heavy suit and wraps of long linen that weaved in and out from belt to ground. Just seeing him was enough to push her on. She hated that man. She hated everything he did, from how he walked to how he dressed. The Prime was the epitome of evil, and it was time someone was bold enough to let him know he was not invincible. Turning another switchback, they nearly ran into a black coat beside an open window. His Ushanka pulled tight around his head to ward off Wintertide's cold, a telescope in hand and a musket in the other. Before the officer could get his wits about him, Franz was already leaping into action. The man kicked at Franz, eliciting a grunt and pushing the ascendant back, giving him enough time to pull his weapon up. Ava felt her hands shake as she cocked her arm to throw her bladed pistol into him, but there wasn't enough room to avoid striking Franz. Quick to recover, Gith Franz touched the cloth in his hand, turning it into a thin bladed dart that he sent soaring at the black coat. Eyes widening. The black coat tried to jump back, but stumbled backward on the steep steps as the metal turned back into harmless cloth inches before him. He could not have known Franz could only maintain his touch for so short a duration, but the distraction was enough. That's it, the black coat tried to say, but was cut short as Franz barreled forward, punching him across the jaw. The man's head hit the stone hard behind him, blood rolling down the back of his neck. He weakly pushed the musket between them, trying to create distance from the Ascendant, but Franz would not allow it. Touching the metal backing of the gun, Franz tore the now long cloth from its attachment at the wood of the barrel, using a blade in his other hand to cut it free. Half a breath later, metal that had once been on the officer's musket now tumbled down the stairs loudly, as Franz punched the man once, twice, and then touched his cloth again into a knife, driving it through the man's skull. Are you hurt? Franz breathed heavily, looking back at Ava. How are those shakes? Shakes? Ava said. If you had left it at the first question, it would have been romantic. Come on, we're almost there. Franz nodded and pushed onward as the black coat's eyes seemed to be looking after them accusingly, even in the afterlife. Rhythmic pulses and the sound and smell of well-oiled machinery soon met them as they exited the stairwell and entered into the gear room. In the center of the room, a bundle of gears of all sizes moved in ticking concert. The room was spacious and clean. It was obvious a lot of work went into maintaining the pride and joy of Hasball. Gold gilded the ceiling, along with grand old paintings. This is amazing, Ava gasped. Can you believe they built this so long ago? It is hard to believe, Franz agreed somberly. And now we're going to destroy part of it. Ava shrugged. Don't look so sad. It's for the greater good. Right, Franz? Franz looked at her quietly and nodded. There's the hatch, he said, noting a wide window pane that not only allowed maintenance access to the outside, but also their route out to the tower's clock hands. Hurrying over, Ava opened the window and peered below. The speech appeared to be coming to an end. Grabbing Franz's hand, she squeezed it. On my mark. After that, you have to trust me. I trust you, Franz whispered. Good. I'm going to go bar the stairwell with one of these work desks. 
Looking about, Ava dashed over to one that was wrought of heavy oak. If she could move it, so could others. But it should slow any intruders enough to allow them escape. As she reached for the desk, she jumped back in surprise. A man hurtled out, knocking Ava back across the floor with a thick shoulder. With a heavy wrench in hand, he lunged forward to attack her. Franz was too far away to react, leaving Ava alone with the assailant to fend for herself. She tried to pull her pistol free, but she had dropped it at some point. Her heart raced through her chest, that familiar tingle surging through her body from all the excitement. It felt like she was being bitten by hundreds of ants, the tingling was so bad. Adrenaline, her father called it. Terrorist! The man yelled as he closed in on her, bringing the wrench down to smash her skull in. Despite the trembling in her hands, Ava remembered her kiatsu. Timing a kick into the man's ankle, she rolled to her left, his momentum forcing him over until he crashed to the ground beside her. The tingling surged throughout her body, but this time, it was like knives flaying skin from flesh. Still, Ava forced herself to act. Elbowing him in the nose, she felt it break as she attempted to snatch the wrench from the howling man, but he managed to hold his grip. Like a tidal wave sent by the Almighty, so did another surge of sensations writhe into Ava's arms as she grasped the metal with a gasp. Before her eyes, it turned to silk, sifting through her man's fingers. Eyes wide, the man tried to flee, but Ava's training could not allow it. In a state of shock, her instincts forced her to her feet as another wave of power flooded her body. She had to stop him. Franz was running toward them, she loosed the silk with touch, throwing it as hard as she could. It should have turned back into the wrench, but it didn't. Instead, it morphed into a kiot, the blade embedding into the man's back as he fell with a groan. Ava looked down at her hands. This can't be. There is no way I did that. I can't be. Ava, I knew it, Franz whispered, breaking through her thoughts. You are an ascendant. You knew? Ava asked. But how is that possible? How could I be ascendant? It was when we were on that mission and hid within the fireplace. Ava, you turned it to cloth, not me. I thought you were just hiding your secret, but now I see you never knew. The sound of the firework finale crackled cheerily outside the windows, drawing Ava's gaze toward the spectacle. The speech. It was done. Franz, Ava said weakly, you have to turn the hands to cloth. It, it's time. She could not bring herself to look at him, instead staring at her reflection in the window. It was the same lithe girl with the short cropped hair, gangly arms, and childish face that did not quite match the obvious comings of her womanhood. But one thing was different. Her eyes had turned iridine white and were now slowly fading back to their normal hue as the tingles began to subside. Across from her, Franz still stood stiffly, a strange look written across his face. Franz, I'll be fine. You have to touch the hands. Send them crashing into the commons. Ava's words fell as she realized Franz was looking past her. Clenching her fists for whatever was there, she slowly turned as a figure emerged from the stairwell. Dressed in dozens of gray sashes, 
a trench coat of dark browns that hung just below the knees, and wearing the Lord Prime sibling mask, a red-faced demon, the Lord Ascendant walked into the room. Very well done, the Lord Ascendant said, slowly clapping at Ava's performance. She is ruthless, and she is the first promising Ascendant that I have seen in hundreds of years. You have done well, Githfrons. Now, pray to the Almighty that she is as wise as you. Franz, what is he talking about? Ava trembled as she backed away from the Lord Prime's personal assassin. Confused and alight with horror, she screamed as Franz's perfect hands clamped her into place. Prickles ran across her skin, an uncomfortable sweat crossing her brow. Yes, Lord, Franz said. I will pray, he continued, without looking Ava in the eyes.